Shot 16 of The Right Way to Do Wrong, an expose of successful criminals. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Leanne Howlett. The Right Way to Do Wrong, an expose of successful criminals by Harry Houdini. Shot 16. The Brace Game. Of all classes of criminals, the professional gambler has probably played the most conspicuous part in fiction and melodrama. We all know the stage gambler, while the penny-dreadful novels and storybooks are too often filled with descriptions of this kind of crime. The gambler of the stage and in the novel is but an exaggerated portrait of this type. Gambling is the playing for money of games depending solely on chance, like roulette, or games of skill and chance like poker, and other card games or billiards and the like. A gentleman may have the moral right to back his own opinion in a wager with money, and with true sportsman instinct stand success or defeat. Even a small stake at cards is dangerous, for it cultivates the habit of gambling, which may soon become a passion. Gambling in itself is bad enough even when the game is square, but your professional gambler never plays the game that way. He is an expert with cards. His seemingly innocent shuffle of the pack gives him a full knowledge of where every card is located. He deals you a hand good enough to induce you to make dangerously high bets, but not high enough to win. He lures his victim by small winnings to destruction in the end. He uses cards so cleverly marked on the back that he can read the values of your hand as well as if he were looking over your shoulder, and govern his play accordingly. In faro and roulette he uses mechanical devices for controlling absolutely the winning numbers, and so cheats his victim from beginning to end. When a gambler employs a fraudulent deck of cards, or a cheating roulette wheel, or faro box, it is called a brace game. No novice can go up against a brace game with any hope of winning. He must lose. Even if the game were on the square, the victim will invariably lose in the long run, for the percentage of chance is against him. If the exposures, which I feel at liberty to make in this chapter, may warn the unwary and deter the youth of this land from the fascinations of the green cloth, I shall feel that my efforts have not been in vain. Marked cards employed by gamblers are specially engraved packs of cards in which the usual decoration design of scrolls and flowers on the back, instead of being exactly identical on the fifty-two cards, is varied slightly for each of the high cards. This would not be noticed and cannot be detected without close examination, but it renders the back of the cards as legible to the gambler as the face. The turn of a leaf in the scroll work may mean that that card is the ace of diamonds, while a slightly different turn may mean the ace of hearts, and so on. With such a pack of cards the gambler has the poor dupe at his mercy. Long cards, and strippers, as they are called, are special packs in which the high cards are slightly different in shape and width, enabling the gambler, for instance, with a single motion to take three of the aces out of a pack. The holdout, as it is called, is a mechanical contrivance used for holding a card fraudulently withdrawn from the pack until it is wanted. The holdout, illustrated in this chapter, I purchased from a notorious gambler who has now retired and perfected it for use in certain card tricks. I have found, however, that certain professional gamblers have got hold of it, and I shall therefore expose its operations so that the unwary may be warned. 
the machine is adjusted to the arm inside the coat sleeve. The mechanism is worked by a band passing around the chest. By taking a long breath, the machine is made to move and pushes its mechanical fingers down inside the sleeve to the hand. As the breath is exhaled, the fingers go back in the sleeve, taking with them the card or cards the gambler wishes to hold out. The same operation causes the cards to be returned to the hand. It is as though the gambler were gifted with a third and invisible arm and hand. It cannot be detected in operation. Other holdouts are attached under the table. One called the gooseneck is brazenly advertised in a certain catalogue I have on my desk as I write, and the price is $15. This, I quote from the catalogue, is worked by the knee or foot, making the cards come up over the edges of the table into the hand. A vest holdout is made and sold, vest and all, for $30. And a new cold deck holdout for substituting an entirely different pack of cards, which has been previously stacked, for $35. Concerning this latter contrivance, the manufacturer says, Made to hold a full deck. Cards can be arranged to suit you, and when opportunity presents itself, make the switch, and you can clean up everything in sight. A mere list of the fraudulent contrivances for cheating at gambling should be sufficient to prevent any honest man from ever going up against a gambler's game. The Lucas Spindle, as it is called, is apparently a very simple contrivance which the novice thinks must certainly be on the square. As a matter of fact, it is fraudulent and made with that intention. Its makers claim that it can actually be handed to an officer for examination without detection. The old simplicity squeeze spindle works on a different principle, but is just as effective. It is under control of the gambler and can be stopped on whatever figure will win him the most money. The high man wins arrow is for use in bar rooms and is a brace game, the house being a large winner. One of the most malicious little devices I have ever run across is sometimes called a vest pocket roulette wheel. It would seem that this must be square and that the player would have even a greater chance to win than on an ordinary wheel because there is only one zero. As a matter of fact, however, it is a fraud pure and simple, as the mechanism is so arranged that the pointer will stop on zero three times when it will stop on any other number once. So beware of the man with a little Monte Carlo in his pocket. Among other things used by professional gamblers to cheat with are loaded dice, which may be bought or made to order, adhesive palming cloth for palming cards, chips, dice, etc., adhesive dice, which almost defy detection, shaped dice, which are not exact cubes, brace dice boxes, magnifying mirrors set in rings, shading boxes made to sew on inside of coat and used to shade or mark cards while the game is in progress, marked decks of cards, ring holdouts, bouncers for roulette wheels, cement for plugging dice, silver amalgam for loading dice, brace ferro boxes, etc., etc. With such an equipment, united with years of experience and skill, what chance has any law-abiding citizen against a professional gambler? The reader does not need my secret of escaping from handcuffs to shake off the shackles of this alluring siren, gambling. End of Shot 16 Recording by Leanne Howlett